We all have dreams, but dreams by their very nature can be difficult to achieve. That's where Access Credit Union comes in. Whether it's going to college, owning a car or building your dream home, your local credit union can help you to fulfill your dreams. Access Credit Union. Funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor, Kieran McCarthy. Some quick housekeeping before we kick off this week's show. We're absolutely delighted to say that we've once again teamed up with Access Credit Union for the months ahead on the Star Sport podcast and what a couple of months we have in store. Not only is the club action set to return, more on that in a few minutes, but there's also the small matter of the Munster and All-Ireland Inter-County Championships and of course the Tokyo Olympic Games. We'll be covering all of that in great depth on the podcast and we couldn't be happier about going on that journey alongside Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union is well known for supporting local West Cork sport at all levels and we look forward to telling that story throughout the summer and beyond. Access Credit Union funding dreams for over 50 years. On this week's podcast we're going to be looking at the club season ahead which is set to get underway this weekend after an extended lockdown break. First up we'll be chatting to new Carberry Rangers manager Declan Hayes and in part two we'll be catching up with Roland Welton of county finalists Castle Haven. But Kieran, before that, we're going to quickly reflect on another good performance from Ronan McCarthy's footballers in Division 2 of the National League. The Rebels beat Clare in a thrilling contest at Cusick Park on Sunday. And despite the fact the quest for promotion to Division 1 has ended for now, positives must outweigh the negatives after two wins from three to get this season up and running. Just before we chat Cork and Clare, Jack, I just want to double down on what you said about uh, the Star Sport podcast teaming up with Access Credit Union again. Um, it's great to, to be back in cahoots with, uh, with, with, with Access Credit Union. Um, as we all know, they're great supporters of local sport. And like you said earlier, Jack, I'm looking forward to the journey over the next couple of months with Access Credit Union. But looking at Cork and Clare last weekend, I've been at the, the three Cork games, and this is by far the most impressive Cork performance they, they won the war, they won the game 22 points to 118, but they they lost the long game in a sense because they didn't get through to the to the um, Division 2 semi-finals. So it was a bittersweet day for the Rebels. Good performance, good win up in Clare. And remember, Cork had lost their last three Division 2 league games to a, a very good Clare side that are well drilled by Colin Collins and, and that were going quite well before this game. So for Cork to go away and beat Clare is a good sign. It wasn't enough to put them through to the Division 2 semi-finals. But they're going to go in now to the relegation playoff against Westmead in Parky Cueve on Saturday, June 12th. And they'll go in high, high in confidence, I'd say, Jack, because there were a lot of positives to take from the, the game in, in Clare. Um, and I was just thinking earlier about it. 
we were talking in the podcast after the Kildare game and I was saying how how the weather matched the mood. It was miserable up in Turles that day when Cork lost to Kildare. There was a huge thunderstorm on the way up and on the motorway. But the sun was splitting the stones in Innes the last day. If I was out underneath the sun, I definitely would have got a 10, but I wasn't. I was tucked away under the stand. Um, so I, I missed out on the sun. But the weather reflected the mood of the of the Cork performance because at times they sparkled. A lot of different players, Sean. Um, John O'Rourke had a really good game, the Carberry Rangers forward. That's his third good game in a row for Cork. Ian McGuire at midfield again was a colossus. That man is becoming a driving force of this team. Cahill O'Mahony came off the bench um, just around the first the first half water break. He, he replaced the injured Kieran Sheehan and Cahill O'Mahony kicked five points, scored his first touch and he looked really dangerous. Sean and the young centre-back who was on the Cork with a 20 team that won All-Ireland in 2019 had a super job and a super game and Owen Cleary who's the, the clear captain and their danger man at centre-forward Rory Dean Jesus he went through the wars that man I think he had the most um, possessions of any Cork player and Ronan McCarthy told us afterwards that Rory was carried off injured from training the previous Thursday night yet he lasted the full 70-75 minutes so lots of positives lots of positives to take in to the game against Westmead on, on Saturday week. They'll go in, like I said, high in confidence, but knowing too that they still have a lot to work on. They coughed up an awful lot of frees. Um, like David Turberty kicked one eight and one six of that came from place balls. So, and it was those frees in the second half that kept Clare in touch because Cork needed to win by four points to pass out Clare on the Division Two South table. In the end, only won by one point. It just wasn't enough. But um, a lot more positive, Jack, a lot more positive. Yeah, and just to kind of look at the progress the team has made then over the last number of weeks, because I think when you see a team trending upwards over the course of a month, that can only be viewed from a positive point of view. You reported on the Kildare game after the first week of the league where they started brightly, but ultimately um, fell maybe the weather or just overall a kind of a lackluster performance after the extended break. And then last week against Leash, again, you said, in spurts, they were excellent, but they just couldn't consistently carry it over the full 70 minutes, but ultimately got to win. So it was better than the week before. And then this win over Clare is substantially better than the previous two weeks. So you can almost start to see something building there or say at least that it's trending in the right direction three weeks in to what's been a very much delayed season. 100% because with each game they got better and better and better granted they were starting from a pretty low base because that second half against Kildare you, you can't really dress it up they were poor Cork were fairly poor and if the management are analysing this league at the end and why they missed out in a Division 2 semi-final spot you could trace it back to that second half because that third quarter was when Kildare pulled ahead and Kildare eked out there I think it was a four point win in the end and ultimately, that Kildare game is a game that cost Cork a, a chance of promotion to Division 1. But like you said, Jack, they're getting better with each game. But what's important there is they're getting players back as well. Um, Luke Connolly was back against Leash. Mark Collins came off the bench. Um, you, um, Kieran Sheehan was back. So they're, the big players are coming back. And also, fellas are probably getting up to speed a bit. That first game, a lot of ring rust, trying to dust off the cobwebs after months of inactivity. So now fellas are finding their feet. And like I said, there's been a, a lot of positive performances over the last couple of, uh, well, the last two games in particular, the last two games. So like I said, E. McGuire, uh, Sean Meehan really stood out the last day. There's been a pity about 
couple of injuries though. Daniel O'Mahony, the young fullback, went off injured after 10 minutes against Clare. Kieran Sheehan went off injured in the first half. Sean Powter went off what looked like an injury too in the second half. There's no update yet. Um, you're always a bit worried when Sean Powter goes off injured because he has had his injury trouble. So touch wood, it's nothing too serious there. But Cork now have two weeks in between the Clare game and the Westmead game, and they probably need that. Fellas need, need to need to recover. They'll have two weeks of good training. Um, so, like I said, fingers crossed, they'll go into that Westmead game as favourites, possibly Cork's only home game of the year. And they need to win it because if they lose that game, Cork is straight back down to Division 3. And that would be a disaster because this team needs to be Division 2 minimum if they want if they want to progress. Because you have all those young fellas, the likes of the, the Sean Meehans, the Conor Mannies, the Damien Gores, the, the Blake Murphys, the Brian Hartnett's, all those fellas in the under-20s. They need to be playing Division 2 at least to, to keep progressing. So hopefully, hopefully Cork will keep their Division 2 status. And if we're going by what we saw... The weekend just gone, they're, they have a very good chance of achieving that. And just before we move on to the club action then, Kieran, could you just confirm the actual date he mentioned the venue is Cork, so are we to assume it's Parky Cueve or Parky Rin? Yeah, it's Parky Cueve on Saturday, June 12th, so that's that's only Saturday week, so it's a big game. It's going to be on GAA Go, so Cork fans can tune into it there, so huge game for Cork, and it'll be their last game before the Munster Championship too, so not only do Cork want to stay up Obviously, they do want to stay up in Division 2, but it's one of the last chances for fellas to put their hands up for a championship place as well. So, um, yeah, it should be a good game. And like I said, if 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 Cork can even build on what they showed against Clare, they should have too much for Westmead. But on the other hand, even though Westmead lost their three games up in Division 2 North, they lost two games by one point and one game by three points. So they were never too far away either. So um, it'll be a tricky tie, but Cork should have enough. Well, one to look forward to and great to have positives to talk about in relation to Cork football at this early stage of the season hopefully they will continue to come out as the season progresses but let's quickly then change tack because club football is back this weekend after I think an eight month break that I see you writing somewhere so we've been eight months without club football of any any nature any quality and it's coming back with a bang with this newly formatted newly taught up league cup format which is essentially going to replace the the regular leagues i guess because of the shortened season we're going to talk to new carberry rangers manager declan hayes in just a moment here but maybe before we do could you give us an idea of what these league cups actually are and some of the big storylines we can look out for ahead of the return this weekend so these league cups they replaced the 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 usual county leagues and it's just for 2021 so um, football and hurling are going to be played on alternate weekends. So we're kicking off with the football first this weekend. And there's a, a hectic schedule next Monday with most, nearly nearly every team in action, bar two actually. So um, the club scene is coming back with a bang. And there's a, a lot of local interest too. There's a couple of groups there that have some big hitters from West Cork. Looking at League 1B, if Carby Rangers, Clannacilty, Kilimarcher and St. Michael's. There'll be huge interest locally in League 2A as well because Castlehaven and O'Donovan Rossa are in the same group along with Valley Rovers and Mallow. So as you can see from that, there are some big derbies on the way up. But um, 
it's it's great for the club players to get back in action because it's been such a long stint since last year since since they played a game. So I think everyone everyone will be excited ahead of next Monday before the action resumes. As you can see, anyone watching this podcast online, I even got my championship haircut, Jack, just for the occasion. Got got to the barbers last week and said, take it all off, Barry, a tiny bit on the top. So even I'm getting excited for the return of, of the club action because like I said, players have waited an awful long time. To, to kind of to tie up their boots again, put up the socks, and just get out there and play. So um, it was I caught up with with Declan Hayes, the Kirby Rangers senior football manager, and um, he's taken over from Holly O'Sullivan, our star sport columnist. Um, Declan has taken over from Holly as the Kirby Rangers manager. So it's his first season in the in the hot seat. Um, he was part of the management team last year, so he knows what's involved to a certain extent, but. It's always interesting when you have a player like Declan Hayes who only retired two years ago and he's played with a lot of the fellas he's now managing. So that's a very interesting dynamic. All of a sudden, from being their teammate, he's now the fella who'd say, no, you're not starting this game. You're coming off. You know, kind of it's a, that's going to be a challenge for Declan Hayes. But as you'll hear from him now, he's excited about the job at hand. He's delighted with the management team he's put together. And like everyone else, he cannot wait for next Monday. And Carby Rangers are kicking off away to Kilimartra on Monday at 3pm. We're joined now on the Star Sport podcast by Carby Rangers senior football manager Declan Hayes. Welcome to the podcast, Declan. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for having me. Before we talk about the season ahead and it throws in this week coming up, um, let's just chat about yourself for a second, Declan, and your journey to taking over as Carberry senior football manager. Obviously, a starter of the club. You've played there. You were you were there in 2016 when, when Ross were crowned county senior champions. You've seen the highs and the lows. So talk to me about this transition from a player to a manager. Well, I suppose um, it was probably always something that I would have had an ambition of doing, you know, managing Ross or coaching Ross or whatever. And um, I was probably did the coaching underage with the minors and stuff. And... Um, Holly was there for the last couple of years and he stepped aside I suppose I, joined, I retired the year before last so I went straight from a player into you know a sector with Holly and I was part of his backroom team and um, in fairness Holly was there for, for a good few years and he felt that he wanted a break and stuff so I suppose um, you know that way kind of did help the transition a little bit as in I was part of his backroom team for a year and stuff um, I suppose as a player I probably do know the players very well, you know, and I know their strengths, weaknesses, you know, I worked with underage, I know what's in the club and stuff. And um, I suppose I probably am, haven't played with the players, I suppose that is one of the, one of the, I won't call it a negative, but I would be close to some of the players having played them for so long and stuff. But um, yeah, so like the transition was, I suppose, natural enough really, you know, after being involved last year and stuff. You mentioned there about retiring in, that's 2019. So was that tough? For you to decide to hang up your boots? <laughs> no, no, I was, I was. I won't mention my age, no. But I, if I told you my age, you'd say it wasn't tough at all. No, no, I did. I, I um, was very happy to, to finish up. You know, and um, a great time for to be honest. I loved every minute of it. But um, you know, it's time to finish up. Yeah. And let's say as a player, so before you got involved with Holly and the management team last year, was the coaching and tactical side always something that interested you, even as a player? Um, I would have been, yeah, definitely, sure. Um, you know, even, I'd say, I was probably involved with in underage and Ross with, with the last 10 years, be it from under 14 up to minor and stuff. 
And um, even like obviously as a player, you know, you'd always be interested in, in what we're doing and what other teams are doing and stuff. And, um, you know, having worked under a lot of different coaches and managers down through the years with, with Ross, obviously, but with Carbridge's division as well before we went senior ourselves, you know. Was, um, yeah, you'd always be interested in working with other fellas and seeing what they're doing and stuff, you know. And you mentioned there as well that you worked under Hardy sort of an year. He was the Carbury Rangers senior football manager last season. I know it was a very strange year for everyone, but we finally did get out on the pitch um, later in the summer. How did you find that being involved at, at, at the senior end of it in the management team? Did it give you a kind of a, a good taste of what you were going to expect coming up this year? Yeah, it did, I suppose. But like last year was difficult, I suppose, um, with the COVID and everything. Obviously, it was a broken season. You know, fellas were training on their own, doing what they could. They came back then, and I can't remember that date. It's not, but we were given a very short time period to get ready for a championship and stuff. And then you had the games came pretty fast. You know, we played a few challenge games and stuff, trying to get ready. We no no really lead up or whatever. But, it was, you know, it was a bit difficult in a way, you know, because of that. But um, I suppose I got enough to know that I wanted to stick at it anyway. Wanted a bit more. And you've, like you said there, you played under some serious managers at club and at divisional level. I'm thinking, I mean, we mentioned Hawley, but like Sir Ronan McCarthy, obviously in 2016, led the, the club to the Cork Senior title. Who stands out for you over the years? So, like a manager that you would have picked up a lot from? Well, I'd say probably a little bit off all of them. Obviously, I played uh, under Hawley for the most. Like Hawley took over the Ross Seniors probably around 2012 or 13. You know, and maybe even before, I can't remember that date now, but like we would always say, say like, Holly probably retired as a player too soon. You know, he started coaching us um, when he probably could still have been playing. And I'd say for him himself, he was playing and he probably said, where can I make the biggest difference here? And he thought he could make, you know, a difference coach us. And um, if you think back to the county final 2014 against Bannacolic, um, in the second half, I'd say there was maybe 15 minutes to go. Um, James Fitzpatrick and Sean Coyley both uh, collided and they were both out for a couple of minutes and Fitzy was concussed and was stretched off and Coyley got up and like it kind of swung the game whereas if Hawley was there at that stage he was coaching on the sideline you know he'd done a great job bringing us there and he probably in reality should have been coming on for Fitzy when Fitzy went off you know so like he, he probably sacrificed the end of his playing career to coach us you know and he did very well um, learned a load off and like his training sessions very enjoyable especially the football aspect of it coming up to championship um, Rona Matt took over from Holly who was obviously you know different he was an outsider I suppose straight away he was totally detached he didn't know any of the players so you know that was probably an advantage for, for him in a way that he could be as um, you know as cold and ruthless as he wanted in a way you know and in fairness he had Morris Moore working with him as well who did a lot of good work with him and um I learned a lot off them. Morris was there for it. Shane Crowley from Skip came in for a while. And, you know, learned little bits off everyone. You know, going back to Carberry, Gene Desmond that played at the bars. And, um, you know, he was with us for a while. Um, a few bits um, from him. And obviously, John Corcoran, late John Corcoran, was managing Carberry for years and the year they won the county. And, like, John, anyone who knows John, you know, he wasn't a coach, but he was a manager. And, like, Carberry had been there for years trying to win a county. And, like I always say, Carberry should win the country every year, given their panel. And like they should have been there every year, but John, because you play some all different clubs like Island Rovers were there, and you know, Newstone were intermediate for a while, Ross were there. They didn't brilliant picks, but like John came in like his manager, just galvanized everybody. 
you know, he had a personality, he didn't really care what club you were playing for, you know, he kind of brought all the clubs together and, you know, his personality really, like, you know, he was a great manager, to be honest, really enjoyed um, working under him, playing under him, yeah. And I know it's kind of very early in your management career to ask this, but how would you describe your management style? Or how would you like to, to manage? Well, I suppose, like like everything else, like teaching and everything in life, you know, things are changing, you know, teaching, is, it, it, you know, you know, it's not whereby you're talking and they're listening anymore, you know, you have to give ownership to students in school, you have to be willing to take ownership of their own learning, it's the same with players, you know, they have to take ownership for their own fitness, their conditioning, you know, for their performances, you have to take feedback from, I think, you know, the days of you saying to, you know, players, this is what we're doing, and that's that, you know, I think that's probably gone, they have to have, a, they're giving so much of their time, you know, and there's so many other distractions, they have to have an input into what's going on. So I'd say, you know, as a management style, it'd be very inclusive of people, of people's opinions and what they think. But obviously, like, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, the management team, because it is a management team, it's not a manager, like, you know, it's a management team, they have to make the decisions and, you know, it's going to be inclusive. People have opinions and can give their opinions and will have a say. But eventually the management will make the calls and, you know, the players will buy into that then. You know, and everyone growing in the same direction management team is so important in all this and you've put together quite a good management team I see here John Holly is coach James Kingston is coach selector Mark Ronan as, as a selector Dennis McSweeney is looking after logistics and Adam Doyle is doing the strength and conditioning so you must be pretty happy to put that team together yeah we're very happy and like in fairness like when Holly stepped aside like the club came and said you know where was I interested in and you know um James Kingston as well, who has done a lot of coaching underage with me, um, were we interested? And we said we would. And first, the club were brilliant, you know, like they, they did their very best to build the strongest team that they put together. Um, and yeah, we were very happy with it. John Holly's, um, uh, I know John very well. I went to college with him, where I'm say played a bit of football with him in UCC. And then, um, you know, he's, he's agreed to come in and uh, do some of the coaching, and he's doing very well. And I suppose it, it, we thought it was important because myself and James Kingston, you know, like we've been with a lot of these lads underage and, you know, we got on well with them and all that. But I suppose we were conscious of it not being the same voice again that they've had all the way up underage and like John Holly's come in and it's fresh, you know, fresh ideas, a fresh voice. You know, he's he hasn't, he, he does know the players inside out. He watches almost every game he can watch in Cork but he doesn't have any preconceived ideas about any player's strengths and weaknesses that maybe we might have from all the time. So if it's a fresh start for the players, a fresh voice, so it's exciting for them as well, you know, that, you know, they see it as a fresh chance. We touched that too earlier, Declan, about the fact that you're, you've played alongside a good few of these players. Um, so you're going from being their teammate to now being the manager. So you're now the person who decides whether they start or not. So that's an interesting dynamic. Like I said, you're you're close to these fellas. You've soldiered with them. So how do you handle that transition? Well, I suppose, um, you know, I have played with a lot of the lads and all that. And it was only, it was only the last day we were talking after training. You know, we have a big panel, um, 40 plus, And we were saying you know, we have the first game next Monday. And, you know, we'll only be able to bring 24. So straight away, like you'll have to be some people disappointed, you know, but like there's, we have a good junior team as well. And I'm after losing track now, I'm not talking about fellas playing junior or whatever, but like everyone will be given a chance, you know, 
you can only play so many in the first senior game. You know, then fellas will get a chance. You know, the junior games, we'll be watching them and stuff. And like, you know, I think our lads are mature enough to know that, you know, if you're, if you're performing, you get the jersey. And if not, you won't. And, you know. And you're kicking off, and you're kicking off the season against Kilimanjaro in the new County League Cup, and you're also entered in the Tom Creedon Cup as well. So, it's a very busy start to the to the season. So it's something like six games in six weeks, yeah. I think, Declan. So, yeah, what, what was the thinking behind that entering the Tom Creedon Cup as well as the obviously the County League Cup? Well, we've 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 guaranteed three league games, right, which is good. Um, but like obviously we're going to need more. Everyone's going to need more. So. We didn't enter the Tom Creedon Cup the last couple of years, but we said it's guaranteed games and competitive games, you know. And the last few years, excuse me, we've kind of gone down to carry for games and like, you know, we played the Nora from Waterford and the floor teams and, you know, challenge games, sometimes they're great, other times they're not. You don't know what the opposition are going to have. And um, there's a little bit less of a risk with a competitive game like Tom Creedon Cup. So we as soon as we got the opportunity, we grabbed it, to be honest, we're delighted with it. It's a guaranteed game every week for, for six weeks. Yeah, so games, you know, we get to have a look at all the players and stuff. You know, fellas are training hard, like they deserve a chance to show you what they can do. And um, yeah, we'd be looking forward to it, to be honest, and try and get back to winning ways. And another positive is their their games against good opposition, like let's say in the county league, in with Kilimanjaro, Clan, and St. Michael's in a Tom Creedon mm-hmm. Cup. It's O'Donovan Ross, uh, Knock Negree, I think, in Castletown Bear. So six good games in the next couple of weeks and like you said there it's going to give you a chance to give lads a game and have a look at lads ahead of the I suppose the bigger competition down the road yeah definitely and like everyone's in the same boat like everyone went back training and then you have a game in four weeks which isn't much like people are on the pitch for four weeks and you have a game so like you know we can't expect miracles we can't expect fellas to be flying it you know fitness wise conditioning wise or skills wise you know how many training sessions I think we're going to have like eight or nine training sessions together before our first match you know what can you do you can do so much you got to work on your fitness and all that as well so you know we can't expect miracles but every team's going to be in the same boat and um yeah like you know looking forward to it obviously yeah without giving away too much of your team talk for the Kilimanjaro game next next Monday when you send the lads out so what are you saying to them is it a performance you're looking for is it, is it a result is it just to get minutes into the lads I'd say all of the above really you know you want a performance you know you want a result definitely hopefully get back to winning ways and um, plus try and get as many minutes as possible into every fella you know fellas aren't going to be able to play six everyone's not going to be able to play 60 minutes straight away but that can be seen as a positive as well you know because we'll be able to use everybody probably use 24 on the day and there's a junior game the day after as well and fellas have using that for fitness and stuff but I definitely performance yeah but like look it's your first game in a year almost you know like you pick two or three things we're going to work on in that game and try and work on see how they develop and you know bring it on a little bit the next day after that and introduce more things yeah you've been, back, you've been back training the last couple of weeks now what was it like the first night back i say fellas were nearly booking when they got back out into the field oh uh, they were yeah yeah like it's been tough on fellas like everyone every club's been the same like fellas training on their own you know running on pitches were closed running on hard surfaces and stuff you know it's it's tough going and uh, it's tough on the legs as well but people couldn't wait to get back on the pitch to be honest and everyone was raring to go really yeah it's fantastic 
and looking further down the road, deeper into the summer, the, the Premier Senior Championship. It's another West Cork group, I guess you could call it here. You have Castlehaven and Newcastle again, and it's the winners of Mallow and Aero Oak. What were your thoughts when you saw Castlehaven and Newcastle pop up again? Well, I suppose the first impression was like, I suppose it wasn't as exciting as last year because, you know, it's the same again. But it's funny because some of the other groups are, are the same again as well. I think Nemo, Nemo, Nemo Valleys and Douglas, is it? The three of them are the same group as well. And you're kind of a bit, but then, like, you know, the more thing about it, it probably is a good draw for us because we were so disappointing last year. You know, um, I think the lads would be looking forward to those games because they might feel they didn't do themselves justice at all last year. It is a tough group, obviously, like Newstone, Castlehaven, and um, the winners of the uh, Premier Intermediate or Senior B, whatever I call it now, like Mallow Aero, like they're, we're playing them first, actually, and they'll be just after winning the county. So, you know, they're going to have a lot of momentum and going to be on a high, and obviously they'll be training for that in that game and bring them on as well. So, you know, like in that respect, it's, it is a very tricky draw as well, you know. Because last year, Carby Rangers, he didn't get out of that group. So does that almost fuel the fire a bit, even? And like I said, it's down the line. The fact that you probably felt disappointed afterwards that you didn't do yourselves justice. Could that help light the fire up when that championship does roll around? Well, yeah, it, it will, I suppose. You know, individually, I would say fellas will be thinking about their battles over those games and, you know, they won't be happy with them for different reasons. And obviously... It's not going to add any extra motivation on the day when you're playing those teams, you know, but it might motivate them now in their preparation, you know, months in advance, which will make the difference in the whole thing. Yeah. That's further down the line. It all starts next Monday against Kilimanjaro. Much like you thought Harley could have brought the boots to that game years ago, will you be bringing a spare set of boots with you uh, <laughs> next Monday? No. Junior Dino, I'd say, Karen, from the one. <laughs> or extra tough soccer or something like that. Yeah, you never know. You, you might be called on at some point over the next couple of weeks, Declan. But um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast for a chat with us. Best of luck in, in the season ahead and good luck against Kilimanjaro on Monday. Kieran, thank you very much. We all have dreams, but dreams by their very nature can be difficult to achieve. That's where Access Credit Union comes in. Whether it's going to college, owning a car or building your dream home, your local credit union can help you to fulfill your dreams. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Kieran, in part one, you mentioned one of the big derbies we have to look forward to in the coming months and in the County League Cup, and that is Castlehaven against Skibbereen. The Haven are also involved in a yet-to-be-played county football final from last year so there's a lot for the Castlehaven players to be thinking about as this season finally kicks into gear and you've caught up with one of those players Roland Welton ahead of their opening game against Valley Rovers so how was Roland and how are things in Castlehaven with all they have on their plate at the minute? Roland is looking forward, like every other club player in the county, getting back out on the pitch on Monday. Castlehaven are at home to Valley Rovers at 12 o'clock on Bank Holiday Monday, so that's their first game. And with that delayed county final against Nemo, which is scheduled in for early August, that's always going to be in the back of the Castlehaven players' minds, because that's a huge game. 
that Haven's last competitive match was October 4th, and that was when they beat the Bears in, a count, in an epic county uh, semi-final after penalties. So you're talking, what, eight months on, and they're playing, playing their next game, and they still have to wait another two months to play that county final. So for all the players involved with Castlehaven, these league games, again, it's a chance to put their hands up for that county final spot because that will stand alone as a one-off game in probably early August. And then a couple of weeks later, the 2021 championship we will we'll throw in. So it'll be a very short turnaround. But Haven aren't even thinking about 2021 championship yet. It's all about the League Cup now, getting minutes and games under their belt, and then building towards a game against Nemo, which will be a cracker whenever it comes down the road. And as we've seen how fast the days and weeks have ticked by at the moment, early August will be here before we know it. And hopefully by then, we'll have fans in there, touch wood, you know, kind of could be such a great occasion. Instead of a county final played on a on a grey skies October Sunday, we could have the sun splitting the stones up in Parky Creeve on a on a Saturday or Sunday evening with fans inside there. Wouldn't that be great? So um Owen Felton, as you'll hear from now, good form. Looking forward to the start of the season because it's a, another big year for Castlehaven. We're joined now on the podcast by Castlehaven's Ronan Felton to have a quick chat about the GA season that throws in next Monday. Welcome to the podcast, Roland. Hi, Karen. How's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. You must be looking forward to Monday. You're, you're kicking off your, your County League Cup campaign against Valley Rovers. And I was just checking there. It's been such a long wait since your last game. That was the county semi-final win against penalties against the Bears back in Octo- October 4th. That must seem like a world away now. Yeah, look, it's uh, it, it's a long old wait now, right? I suppose, you know, fellas are uh, eager to get back playing a bit of ball and playing a bit of action like that. The last two weeks have been enjoyable to get back to a bit of training. Um, look like that the, the touch isn't overly there as of yet but the social act was great to get back to, you know meeting the lads and just get it back into a bit of routine yeah so look it's, it's been long overdue but we look forward to getting back into the games yeah like I said it's Valley's first up on Monday um, and obviously it, it's a game that Castlehaven want to win but besides that how much are you looking forward to getting back on the pitch and playing a game of football again? Oh come here look you know every year there you know everyone looks forward to getting back into pre-season and uh, so on and so forth but uh, there's the games is where everyone's being that's where the action is that's where everyone's being involved in you know so um, like I say we look forward to it of course look fellas we're trying to do it's all over the country and all the country fellas are doing it on their own and just you know for their mental health more than anything else just to get out and to be doing something so look you, there's only so much that you can do like it's hard to get motivated hard to be disciplined all the time to doing something but um, yeah looking forward to the game for sure yeah you're one of the first footballers I've ever heard to say they're looking forward to pre-season because usually fellas are trying to trying to dodge pre-season because it can be tough going. But what was it like to get back into training? Uh, like I said, you know, I suppose it was the social aspect of it. You know, to be honest, you know, we the, the guidelines broke, they were, were left raised off and looking forward to getting back. You know, it is meeting the lads. Look, down with us there, there's a lot of camaraderie there. There's a lot of good bonds. You know, it, it is, there's a bit of crack, you know, look, everyone wants to be there to do their, put in their shifts and get, get their session done. But it, this is a good bit of banter there too, and that's what it's all about, you know what I mean? It is, um, look, everyone, look, uh, there's nothing done easy without getting a reward, so you have to put in a bit of graft to get the fitness up. But um, like I said, it was a certain amount done on fellas own maybe, but uh, nothing compared to the game situations. And, you know, the kicking, like the legs weren't used to it. All this, you can do a certain amount of walking, running, but uh, the contact of maybe games, the body isn't used to it, so it takes a bit of adjustment for sure. 
more and more GA players I talked to since the COVID pandemic struck, and you touched it there. It's that social aspect of the GA and of sport. Like everybody misses it because we couldn't meet anyone, we couldn't, they couldn't get to train with, with your teammates. So just to be back in that team environment again, and you touched it there, the banter, the crack. It must be be great for the mind more so than the body. Oh, completely, completely. There's no, there's no, there's no comparison. Let's say you know if I'm playing your own, and that's why I admire people that they're in, in on individual sports like how they can be uh, so focused and motivated to stay in their own in their own game you know so and it, not even just us, us as players it's the community that's involved behind it's uh, you know I see other people there that would love to come over to watch training to be involved look forward to games talk about the games you know in rural parts of the country like ourselves it means the whole pile GA is the backbone of, of everything you know and it's whether it's underage there's the ladies our, ourselves, you know, Castlehaven has a fierce spiritual community behind it, and it is it means a lot to the people of Castlehaven, you know. So, uh, for that alone, you know, you know, you're good representing them and giving joy to them or something to talk about, you know, that's a, that's a huge thing, you know, it's a huge, it's a huge good feel factor. And you'll hope that you'll give the Castlehaven fans something to smile about next Monday when you when you take on Valley. So, looking at the at the League Cup, it's Valley, Skib, and Mellow. What are your thoughts on that group? Um, yeah, look, I suppose we they're they're not the teams that we'd have regular encounters with. Um, we have played the Mallow all right in um, in a league final in previous years there, and they've always been a, a hard hard battle for us. Uh, they're a very strong, physical, and good team to move the ball. So I think they're actually possibly in our championship group going forward for twenty one. So that's to be seen to be uh, set in stone as of yet. Uh, Valley is again another strong, physical side. Uh, very dangerous up front and a very good chance of side you know what, what we've seen of them so look there'll be nothing ha- nothing easy with it and of course playing other than Rasa you know there'll be a bit of rivalry this and that you know but uh, Skibble always up their game for us and um, yeah look just look forward to playing games or anything look the results as well in the day won't be the being in the all but uh, it's just about you know getting game time under the belt and getting you know especially blood in younger lads there you know when you're missing the six lads with Cork, it's, it's very hard to come, you know, you see a third of your team, it's hard to think, but it does let opportunities for others, and um, especially like that, you know, it's good time for the blood younger lads to get a bit of game time under their belt. With Castlehaven, there's obviously that 2020 uh, Cork Premier Senior Football Final against Nemo that's yet to be played, and I think they're talking early August for that. Is that game always in the back of the mind, Roland? Um, yeah, sure. Look, you know, I suppose even you start out any year, and your aspirations are always a final, whether it's a West Cork final or a county final or other final. Everyone wants to, you know, dream towards being in a final and winning it, of course, you know. So, of course, you know, it's it was always great to have in the back of the mind because it was fuel to get you going, you know, during your first game back. Could be a county final, didn't and often you can say that. But, um, yeah, look, it's great to look forward to, of course, like I said, you know, they don't come around too easy or too often. So, when you're there, you have to look forward to it. You know, you have to enjoy it and be, be try to be ready for it. I suppose the County League Cup too is a chance for fellas to put their hands up um, to, to James Mack and the management team to try and force their way into the county final team. Completely, completely. Like you say, sure, the Bears game was 10 months ago and, you know, between injuries and so on and so forth of the long game with extra time penalties, you know, we used the full tank of subs as well. Like, you know, so uh, Farm, as you say, from the end, has gone out the window. It's a clean slate. Now we're getting back at the pitch. And uh, it's it is a short window of opportunity, but there's definitely a chance for us to put up their hands for sure. Yeah. And I know the county final against Nemo, it'll be very much a standalone game. It'll be Jesus, what ten months after the semi final against the Bears. But hopefully, we might have fans back then. Um, could be a warm August kind of Saturday or, or Sunday. Like it could be a fantastic occasion for everyone involved. So again, it must be something to look forward to. 
yeah, look, it's great. Look, all going well. The weather, the weather would be in our favour going forward. Hopefully, we get a bit of summer. But uh, yeah, it's great to look forward to it. Uh, the build up, like you say, won't be the exact same as you know other years. There, the business end of the year, the quarterfinals might be played, and the semi-final senior or in the final could be played off fairly fast, depending on the hurling or every second week. You know, so the momentum won't be there in preparation. Won't be there as 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 much, and the momentum is the the huge thing. But look, it's the same for both sides. Nemo obviously have lads involved with our Cork as well, and you know we um we have a good healthy rivalry with them. Um, we give them up ut- utmost respect because you know like their their name precedes themselves. You know, so look, we know we'll be we'll be underdogs going to that game. They'll obviously be you know, uh, like I say, their name precedes them. So look, but we look forward to it. You know, I was looking at the role of honour there, and it's 2013, the last time Castlehaven won the senior football, and I was surprised by that. It it it, it seems. What's that, eight years ago? When you consider the panel of players that Castlehaven have, and you touched there like six lads in McCork, do you think you could have picked up one or two more along the way? Uh, yeah, look, I suppose you know, we, had, we had been on a good run that time there. Look, you know, 11 obviously didn't work in our favour. We lost UCC. We came back in 12 and 13. So, uh, and then in 15 again, which was, was actually Nemo's the last time we locked horns in the final. So, um, to be honest, it was the first day, the drawn game, we felt that we uh, we probably could have won it, but we just didn't take our chances. And on the second day, um, Nemo just learned more, I suppose, and they were hungry for it, and they, 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 were, they were better side on the day. So we can't have no faults with that, you know. So, um, yeah, look, um, we're glad to be back there, let's say. And like you say, eight years is a long time. So, um, yeah, look, we'll uh, look forward to try to settle that one come August. And you're one of the more experienced players on the team. I'll, I'll put it that way. So how was the how was the appetite and hunger for you coming back season after season? Uh, look, um, I don't know about the experience, but the, the, the years are shoving on now, all right. But uh, yeah, look, like that, um, it isn't until you nearly get into your later 20s and earlier 30s that you start uh, um, appreciate it a bit more. I think that, you know, you know that your years are starting to come close to the, to the end. But um, yeah, look forward to it greatly. Um, like I say, you, you probably appreciate that, but more you take it for granted when you're in your mid twenties. There, whether you're winning or not, you know, look, there's always next year and there's this and that. But the years don't belong flying by. So, and like I say, county finals don't come around too often. So, you know, we'll um, we hopefully prepare the best way we can for it and give it a give it a good shot anyway. You know, there's plenty of years and plenty of mileage left in you yet, Roland. But I, I see you were involved in the in the Castlehaven Under Twenty One management team last year. Um, is that is that the side of the game that interests you? Um, yeah, look, it's always great to give back, I suppose. And to be honest with you, a lot of the younger lads are training with us in the Nutrient Panel anyway. So it's it's easier for us to see how they're going at training um, uh, and you know, when they're involved. And yeah, look, definitely, look, you know, the, the, the club is a, is, a big part of, uh, is a big part of our community and it's great to be involved. So yeah, look, down the line, might be something more, more, more stone when, when, when the boots are being up for sure. But uh, yeah, look, great to be involved. And um you know, we have a good setup there with the senior as well, but James Mack and he, you know, Brindisi and Bernie Collins, John Clare on them. So there's been the experience there as well. And um, they're always overwatching the likes of the 21s, the junior, the, the minors, see who's playing well, and they're keeping a close eye and everything. So it isn't like the, you know, anyone that's playing in the other grades, it, their, their work isn't being unseen, you know. So, um, yeah, it was great to be involved. Like I was saying, those boots won't be hung up for some time yet, but best of luck this season, Roland, and best of luck on Monday against Valleys. Based off Kieran, thanks very much. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Okay, Kieran, before we wrap things up on this week's Star Sport Podcast, we're of course going to preview. 
this week's star sports section. And I can only presume that it's chock full of club action, intercounty action, just GAA across the board. Yeah, 100% Jack. It is absolutely stacked this week. And there's something there for every sports fan. Obviously, the Cork and Clare game, it gets a couple of pages. And also, we never touched it yet, but the Cork and Dublin ladies football game in Parky Creeve last Saturday night, especially that second half, it was a game for the ages. Seven goals, trills, spills, saves, points, you have it. It was packed with drama. So we have two pages reflecting on that Cork and Dublin epic because they were last year's two All-Ireland finalists. And the Cork ladies footballers are now away to water for this Sunday. And they need to beat the Dacia if they want to get through to the knockout stages. So plenty happening there. We got up with Paddy Murray too, the, the Cork senior camogie manager, to reflect on their win away to Waterford last weekend in the league. Quite a hard-hitting game. A couple of Cork injuries that Paddy is not too happy about at all. And you can read about that in Thursday's Southern Star. In Holly O'Sullivan's column this week, he's looking at the impact of his fellow clubman, John O'Rourke. And I mentioned earlier, John O'Rourke has been one of Cork's most consistent forwards so far in the league. And he kicked four points against Clare last Sunday, including the winner. And he's finally, it looks like he's found a bit of consistency in, in the Cork jersey. Because as good as a footballer John O'Rourke is, sometimes he just hasn't delivered as much as he could for Cork, whether he's been played out of position or, or, or what have you. But he's finally looking looking like the player that we all know he can be in a Cork jersey. So, Harley O'Sullivan, as a fellow Ross Carberry man, and as, as, as a man who managed and coached John O'Rourke, gives some great insight into, into the, to the Ross Carberry men. But away from GA for a moment, we have Martin Walsh has a great interview with, with Kayla Cole. She's a young gypsy teenager who's making her mark in the world of motorsports. So, well worth checking that out. I've caught up with Lydia Heafy, the Skibberine Roar, who won a silver medal at World Rowing Cup 2 in Lucerne recently. And that was a very important medal for Lydia Heafy because it was her first senior international medal. And it's proved to her that she's good enough to compete with the best in the world. So she's taken a lot of heart from that. So that's well worth checking out as well. Phil Healy set a new PB uh, uh, last weekend in the 400 metres and she's closing in on qualification for the Olympics in the 400 as well as the 200 and the, and the relay. So that's very much a live story this week. Phil Healy is racing in Gothenburg this Wednesday night. She's in the Netherlands this weekend in various races as she looks to rack up the qualifying points for Tokyo. There was, um, we also have Conor Horan in there. Darren Sweetnam got two tries for La Rochelle. And there's so much more as well. We have the return of schoolboy soccer. We have Paul Barr is the new director of coaching at Bandamobi Club. And, I, uh, and I've interviewed him. I interviewed Shane Crowley, the Skibbereen or Donovan Ross uh, football selector about their busy schedule coming up. So you could see from that alone, Jack, the sports pages are actually creaking with the amount of good news that's in the Southern Star on Thursday. So go out Thursday and get this week's star. And as always, if you can't make it to the shops, just go online, go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and subscribe to our digital edition for less than two euro per week. So no matter where you are in the world, if you're in Suriname, Sudan, Uganda. Um, Kerry. Yeah. Where did you say? Kerry. Kerry, if you're in Kerry, yeah, absolutely. And you want to see how your club is shaping up for the season ahead, make sure to subscribe. As I said, www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. And before I wrap up again, just to give a big shout out to Access Credit Union, who we're delighted to have 
back on board as partners on the Star Sport podcast. They're massive supporters of local West Cork sport at all levels. And we look forward to telling that story throughout the summer and beyond in the months ahead. Thanks for listening to this week's Star Sport podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. And I really mean YouTube. We're eking ever closer to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, which would be great because once you get 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, you can start raking in that ad money or wherever you get your podcasts. Slán Tomu. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years.